Amen. Church, say amen. Yeah, thank you, Will. I'm uh, I'm reminded in this moment to be thankful for the size of our church, and uh, I, I mean that truly. There are times when people talk about the size of different churches and how they feel about them, but uh, in this moment when our worship pastor is away and recovering, um, I'm glad that we have a couple of campuses and Will's on loan from uh, the North Campus uh, with us tonight to lead worship, and so grateful for the work that he continues to do there and in our east campus as well and uh just uh, glad to have those guys and our part of our leadership team if you got your bible turn to ephesians chapter 5 ephesians chapter 5 and uh, we're going to read verses 21 through 33 in just a moment and uh we're going to continue to talk about how when we are connected to the same network and the source of power our homes are unified and headed in the same direction for the same purpose and um, last week, I, my opening statement was tonight, we're going to talk about wives being submissive to their husbands. And I did that on purpose to just let it rest. Uh, but, but truly, uh, tonight, and, um, and then we're, we'll look at uh, submission of the wives, and then we'll actually look at the responsibility of the, the husbands to love and lead. And then we'll, we'll actually stay on the husbands again next week. So, so we'll spend another a week on that. But, uh, yeah, I got an amen on that one. We had an amen on the other side last week, so that's good. That's good. Um, but I, I, had a, I took a young guy to lunch today, a, a guy that's uh, in college and exploring the idea of ministry. And uh, we, we, we went to Cracker Barrel and where every, every good person should go for lunch, right? And uh, we were leaving, and he said, um, he said what's it like to, to preach on difficult passages? I said, show up tonight at 630 and you'll know. Um, when, when you begin to speak on submission uh, to the husbands and husbands loving your wives as Christ loves the church, I think that's something that we all recognize is that that's not easy. It's, it's difficult. One of the reasons that it's difficult for us is because in a lot of these other relationships that talks about our spirit-guided relationships to one another in church is that we don't see each other every single morning, noon, and night. But in the home, we're there right in front of each other uh, every single day. And so what a what a... What better way for God to teach the world how to act and how to thrive than to look into the home where these folks are together every single day and then teach the ones that are not, that are only looking at each other a couple, three times a week. And uh, I'm appreciative of that. So Ephesians chapter 5, Ephesians chapter 5. And we're here, this is a continuation of, in, of instruction. If you remember last week, God is teaching the church to be filled with the Spirit, which means to constantly live in the Spirit of God in thought, word, and deed, emotions. And so now what the Apostle Paul is going to do is this instruction that has been given to the church is now leaving the parking lot of the church and is headed to our homes. To be Spirit-filled in the house where we are with the people that we are in the house with. And this instruction begins in verse 21 with submission and further submit to one another out of reverence for christ submissive attitudes this means a lowliness of mind and attitude of godliness that is subject to one another and this as we looked at last week again this is proof of the holy spirit as we mentioned last week during worship songs during church attendance and the people that attend the people that are acting in worship the ones that go on mission and these things but, but this right here, in, in lowliness of mind and subjecting ourselves one to another, as, is just as filled with the Holy Spirit as the other things. So, so we keep that in mind as we move forward. And following this call to, for, for all of us to think less of ourselves and more towards one another, the Bible takes us to our homes, and then it calls out the husband and the wife. 
And if we read verses uh, 5, or chapter 5, verses 21 through 33 together, we're going to read this. I'm just going to read it out, all of it, and then we're going to pray and discuss it. But before we read the following passage, I want to tell you just a couple things. First of all, the Scripture is never outdated, never out of date. It's always applicable. The Scripture is not insensitive. It's just the truth. That's what God gives. And its primary goal is not to please you. The primary goal of the Scripture is not to massage your shoulders or tickle your ears. It's to tell you the truth. Its primary goal is to change us, to win our hearts and turn our minds from ourselves and towards the will of God. It does require that we study it so we are faithful to the text and so that we communicate it well. But it also requires faith, faith to trust that God's way is right, that he knows what he's doing when he created families. Amen? So let's read Ephesians chapter 5, 21 through 33. And further, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. For wives, this means submit to your husbands as to the Lord. For a husband is the head of his wife as Christ is the head of the church. He is the savior of his body, the church. As the church submits to Christ, so you wives should submit to your husbands and everything. For husbands, this means love your wives just as Christ loved the church. He gave up his life for her to make her holy and clean, washed by the cleansing of God's word. He did this to present her to himself as a glorious church without spot or a wrinkle or any blemish. Instead, she will be holy and without fault. In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as they love their own bodies. For a man who loves his wife actually shows love for himself. And no one hates his own body, but feeds and cares for it, just as Christ cares for the church. And we are members of his body. As the scriptures say, a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife, and the two are united into one. And this is a great mystery, but it's an illustration of the way that Christ and the church are one. So again, I say, each man must love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. Lord, we put this before us and know that it is from you. And we trust, O oh God, that you know what is best for each and every one of us. Lord, I know there are a hundred situations and scenarios in this room. So I'm praying that your spirit would make it plain and truthful to all of us, Lord. Help us to understand our responsibility within our homes so that we may reflect unity in the Christian body, so that we may reflect the lordship of Christ over us. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, the way I plan to attack this is, is just this way. I'm going to give you conclusive statements. If you want to take notes, you can. If not, whatever. But I'm going to give you just conclusive statements based on what we've just read. Obviously, starting with the wives, as is mentioned first. Wives, before you consider this responsibility of submission, or you may not see it as a responsibility as much as you see it as a burden to bear at this moment, I want you to see, before you think about submission, to know how much God values you. To see how God values the wife in the home. The one you are to subject to in the scripture is the one who is to sacrifice for you. This is God-ordained. The one that God has called you to submission to is the one who is to make your life better. To, to help you be holy to love you, to provide for you as one who loves and provides for his own health. That is the system that God has set you up within for you to thrive. God's design was never to suppress you. God's design was never to insult you. In fact, it's quite the opposite because God's design is to provide for you and to protect you. 
what God desires for you in your marriage is for a man to love you as much as he loves his own self. And let me tell you as one, men are selfish. So that's a lot. It's supposed to be a lot. God wants a lot of love for you. Ladies, you are not to be a servant in your home in the sense that you are laborer bound to the home and at the beck and call of your master. That's not what God has in mind. You're not in a slave and master relationship. That's not what's happening. You are in a love and love relationship. You are in an each and an each other relationship. So at the beginning, before we even think about how we feel of submission, just know that that submission is in the context of love. God has put that together so that you will see how much he values you. Secondly, before you consider your responsibility or your burden to bear, however you see it at this moment, submission to God is primary over submission to your husband. There is a ranking there. God requires you to be submissive to him and his will for you over and above your submission to your husband. Your submission to your husband is, or his, his love for you is based on his love, on God's love. Because your primary responsibility of submission is to God, and because God's design within this passage is for you to be provided for and protected by your husband, it is out of that desire to submit to God that you will protect yourself from sin and abuse. Let me say that again. Because you desire to submit yourselves to God with an attitude of holiness and reverence for the Lord God Almighty, even before your husband, it is out of that reverence for God that you would protect your own self against sin and abuse. If a husband has or if a husband is leading you to sin against God and violate your Holy Spirit conscience, if a husband is abusing you, he has violated his leadership and the standard of God. So, with that, while I am not advocating for divorce, I am advocating for distance. If you are in a situation where there is legitimate abuse, or if you are in a situation where your husband is willfully making you sin in your marriage that violates the Holy Spirit conviction in your life, he is out of bounds. And he is violating what God has given him in his leadership. So again, I'll make it plain, while I am not advocating by any means for divorce, I would definitely suggest distance and counseling. Married folks, can I tell all of us that we do premarital counseling and we need to do postmarital counseling? We do premarital counseling before you get married and all of a sudden after we got married, none of us wants to hear it anymore. Right? Because why? Because we know what they're going to say. We, know, we already, most of the time, even know where we're at. So as I see the will of God in the scripture, it is not the will of God for you to be hurt, ladies. It is not the will of God for you to be harmed, and it is not the will of God for you to be unholy. So this is why God's provision of, of, of his leadership and his word and his will and his standard is in place. So when you submit yourselves unto God, you know what God desires for you. Now, I didn't say anything about happiness. We didn't talk about our emotions. But it does talk about holiness, and I do know that as God has sanctified you, and, and, and as the man is to be the Savior of the bride, is what it says. So that the Savior of the bride won't put the bride at risk, physical risk, right? So submission to God is primary over submission to your husband. But there's more that goes with that. 
Even looking back, if, if your husband wants you to stay away from church, if your husband wants you to stay away from generosity, if your husband wants you to stay away from service, from mission, for what God wants you to do, the truth of the scripture is that you are to be submissive to the man that is in your house, who is, who is a Christian man in your house, but it is to be submissive to the God who has saved you and has bought you with a price. Now, you're also with that, your primary submission to God also means because you are submissive to God first over and above your husband that you will protect yourself from trying to control your husband. You will protect yourself from that. As we mentioned it last week, the scripture says in Genesis 3, after the original sin, and you will desire to control your husband. And that you is speaking to the woman. You will desire to, to control your husband. And, and I don't think this, re, this is referring only to physical submission, like you are trying to wrestle your husband to the ground. I, I truly believe that, that you can control your husband with other ways, with manipulation, physical manipulation, mental manipulation, and the like. Holding out affections, holding sin over his head. These are, are acts of, of service and respect or positioning. Or, or, let me put it this way. Are these acts of service and respect that qualify as submission? Or are these you putting yourself in position to get what you want? Or even worse, to get even or to get revenge. So if your submission is to God first over and above your husband, then revenge goes out the door. And it's only submission and the attitude of lowliness of mind. It's also out of this that you will be able to submit even when you do not agree. Now, I don't know if y'all know this or not, but two people trying to do one thing for a long time is not easy. And, and that's what marriage is, is two people trying to go in the same direction for the same purposes over a long period of time. It's, it's, it's hard to do, and that's where God gets the glory out of it when you do. Because he provides the grace and the standard by which you move forward and you're able to stay together and make decisions together. Therefore, God gets the glory out of that. And if we are submissive to God, even when we don't agree, then, then we are being faithful in our obedience to the Lord, our number one person that we should be submissive to. So with this, I would say, now you can have your way if you want it. Is that two people trying to do one thing? You can have your way if you want it. But I would also say if you've got kids in the house, you're forcing your children to go one side or the other when you go in different directions. As Brother Dusty always used to say, that the parents, the parents are dealing the hand to the kids. They just have to play with the hand that they were dealt. And, and when you are not even when you are in, in divorcing each other or you're leaving one another, but if you're in this position where you are making decisions in your home, you get mad at one another, you go in this door, you go in the other one, y'all slam the door, and it's never resolved, then your children are standing there looking at which door they need to go through. So as we submit ourselves to the Lord, when you think of it this way, wouldn't it be good if God instituted a system of order in those situations? And he does, and he did. When both sides, and, and this is the key, when both sides are not wrong, when both sides are not wrong, they are just different, which happens a lot in marriage, then one of those sides has to yield for the sake of order and unity. Note, <clears throat> and, and submission does not remove communication. As husband and wife are two people, again, going in one direction, there has to be communication. You need to talk about it, talk it out. It, the, the headship of man, as I was listening to a podcast before I got here, the headship of man, headship actually means governing authority. Governing authority. Well, it does not mean that that government has to be a dictatorship. That's not what we see here. You have to remember, 
the, the governing authority that God talks about in the home for the headship of man is rooted in the context of what? Of love. Of love. Love does not demand its own way, as I read in 1 Corinthians 13. So keep that in mind. Your submission first is to the Lord before it is even to the husband. Now, another note to make here is neither here in the Scripture <clears throat> nor in the previous verses that we read, or verse 21, in none of those places is submission carrying any loss of self-respect. Submission should not, not affect the way that you see yourselves. Submission is, is godly as they come. And, and humility receives the grace of God. In fact, James chapter 4, verse 6 says, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. I, I remember reading on this one time, and it, it always stands out to me. But God actively positions himself against the proud. Is that where we want to be? I know it's not with me. And pride is something that I struggle with all the time. He will actively put himself in front of you, but will give grace to the humble. So don't think of submission as flawed. Don't think of it as pathetic. Think of submission as your contribution to a loving marriage and obedience to God. Consider the old hymn, and I'm not going to sing it, but consider the old hymn. Do you remember this perfect submission, all is at rest? Remember that? Because the next part is, I'm miserable in this relationship with Jesus. If you know anything about old hymns, that's not the way it goes. Perfect submission, all is at rest. I and my Savior are what? Happy and blessed. Right? Happy and blessed. This is the idea of what godly submission will look like. That you and your husband are happy and blessed as he fulfills his role to begin with. And then you in response, a gracious, loving response is a response of submission. Again, that song is not a song of rage, but relationship. Remember... This is not the only time in Scripture where Jesus calls for humility. It's not the, as we looked in Ephesians, and we're going to go back there again this Sunday, but, but again, you bring yourself back to this place of that's not what you learned about Jesus. So what did Jesus say about humility and grace? Well, take, for example, in Luke chapter 22. Remember the, the Last Supper, the disciples? This is crazy. This is an example of how we are. Jesus served them, is teaching them, about what's to come and the meaning of the Lord's Supper for them to carry on. And then after that, th these guys all start standing around talking about who's going to be the greatest in the kingdom. Now, that sounds like a bunch of men right there, don't it? No, nah, it's going to be me. I'm going to tell you what, this guy over here thinks it's not. It's, I'm the guy. And so they, they are talking about who's going to be the greatest in the kingdom. And what did Jesus tell them? I'm going to read this to you from Luke 22. Luke 22, 25, and 26. Just listen to this. Jesus says, In this world the kings and great men lord it over the people, and they are called, yet they are called friends of the people. But among you it will be different. Those who are the greatest among you should take the lowest rank, and the leader should be like a servant. So again, Jesus is, Jesus is upgrading humility. He is upgrading submission as a godly characteristic. The, the greatest among you in that situation, Jesus is saying, the greatest among you is the one that's not even talking about this, but is standing over here looking at what I'm thinking. So in this situation, the greatest woman in this room is the woman that's going, he's exactly right, I've learned that, and God's taught me that. It's not the one going, what you got to say? Not that that's what women do and look like. That was weird. But it's the one that, it's the one that, 
that is, is already bought in because their submission is unto God. They, they desire to be a servant because that's what God calls for. They're looking unto Jesus for whatever Jesus has to say. Now, let us all consider the next verse in which Jesus says in verse 27. Verse 27 of that same chapter says, Jesus said this, Who is more important, the one who sits at the table or the one who serves? And then he says this, The one who sits at the table, of course, but not here. That's what he says, but not here, for I am among you as one who serves. Jesus had just served them. The greatest in that room was him. He was saying, if you want to be like me and do something that is valued in the kingdom of God, you will put yourself subject to the other. You will serve and submit and have the attitude of lowliness of mind. Another thing, another conclusion is this. This is just as plain and straight, I believe, as I I can make it before we move on to the men. You cannot get around the responsibility of submission. You just can't. Ladies, you can read that, and you can come up here and tell me all the commentaries you read. Plain things are main things. You you can just read it, and that's what it says. I, I, I read it to you, and I say that because it, rather than trying to explain it away, just look at what he's trying to accomplish as he is likening it to you serving the Lord and as, as the church would serve the Lord and your husband loving you as Christ would love the church, he's, you can't get away from it. You just can't. It's a responsibility. For wives, this means submit to your husbands as to the Lord. Again, you can challenge this instruction. You can avoid this instruction. You can excuse this instruction. And you ain't got to like it, but it's there. And while this may not be at the top of your list for scriptures to memorize... It is in place for your good and God's glory. It is in place, and not even with just you in mind, but for the family in mind, for for it to work together as God has ordained. The submission that God has in mind for you in your marriage is designed to help you grow, to become more like Jesus, and influence others around you towards selfless humility. And we all need that. We all need to see that from the home. An example, just think about, I think of a young couple, I think about, Brittany and I have been, will be married 15 years in June, and, and that seems like a long time, but it doesn't seem too far long ago when we were young married and looking at other people be married. Watch other people be married. And, and what a, an influence to us to see couples that would serve one another and love one another and be considerate of one another. And as we were trying to figure that ourselves as a, as a young couple, and even still at 15 years in, it's great for us to see that example because it reminds us of what God has in mind for us. And I'll tell you this, the ones that we saw where the husband was loving and the wife was being submissive and, or being subject to and serving her husband, that's not the ones that were like this. That's the ones that were all hugged up and loving on each other. And we thought to ourselves, we want to be like that. And so that's what God has in mind. So you can't get around the responsibility of, of submission. Verse 22, submit to your husbands as to the Lord. Verse 24, as the church submits to Christ, your wives should submit to your husbands in everything. As to the Lord, now this will help. I hope this helps. It helps me. As to the Lord, when the Bible says submit yourselves to your husbands as to the Lord. As to the Lord means as a way of serving God. So think of it, just put it in there. Submit to your husbands as a way of serving God. You see, this is why you can't get around it because it's a right way of obedience. Submission in this way is spiritually led, and it's an act of Christian service. When you see submission as Christian service, 
When you see submitting to, your, to the headship of your home, when you see submission to your husband as Christian service, it will help you to understand your responsibility to carry that out. For example, uh, there was a time in recent months when I preached, this literally happened. One day I preached on a certain thing. The next day, I know that one of those people that was in that gathering in which I preached completely violated what God put before them that day and then bore the consequences of that action. Now, for me, when I go and deliver the word that God put on my heart, for somebody to just completely turn away from what I'd put before them as God put it on my heart, as a Christian servant, am I to just go like, well, they didn't do what they're supposed to do. I'm done with this. I'm not preaching anymore. All y'all got this tonight. If, if wives, if y'all don't submit tonight, and husbands, you don't love your wives like you know you're supposed to, I quit. Well, God's called me to service. It's not really, it, the truth is, is God's call on my life to be a servant in this manner is not really dependent upon what you do with this word. It's dependent upon whether or not I get it out as being obedient to him. So, so we play these games where we're like, I, tell you, I, I hear what you're saying, and I'll start as soon as they start. Well, that's, that's a good way to shut it down and, and just keep it stalled. You see, we act, act as to the Lord means as a way of, of serving the Lord. This verse does not say submit when he consistently proves himself as a spiritual leader. Why? Why, why would God not put that in there as a caveat? Why would God not say, submit to your husbands when he finally proves himself that he is going to be consistent? Because it gives you a way out of your responsibility. It gives you a way out. Now, the Bible goes on to say, as the church submits to Christ. As the church submits to Christ. The scripture says in Ephesians 5.32 that, that Christ and the church are one. What does the church bring to the table in the oneness of that relationship with Jesus? Submission. As Christ and the church are one, submit to Christ. As Christ and the church are one, the church brings submission to that relationship. Therefore, if you refuse to be subject to your husband, then you refuse your part of the living example of how unity should look. And especially the living example to your husband. I often watch, uh, truly, when, I, when I, I think about this in the home, and y'all know this, that carrying this home and living it out, and I heard, this is a good word I heard this, this past week, you have to make decisions against yourself. I wish I came up with that because that's a really good one. But when we carry this home and live it out, we're going to have to make decisions against ourselves that honor God and not self, right? And, and when the other one does and the other one doesn't, when the other one does faithfully and consistently, it inspires or at least encourages or maybe it even convicts the other. I'm going to tell you, for years, I've watched my wife serve our family. I've watched Brittany time after time after she makes dinner eat last. Now, part of that is because her dinner has to be so hot and she warms it up in the microwave and we're all just so ready to eat. But the truth is, 70% of that is that she's already made the plates of everybody else. And I've watched her do that. I've watched her serve our family. I've, I've watched her go with me from place to place when I've asked her to, and I think it's appropriate that she does go, even when she doesn't want to. And when Brittany does that faithfully in our relationship, it inspires me to be the man that God's called me to be. It rubs off. It just does. If you love one another, in the context of love, submission and service and love is going to cause each other to respond. I'm learning to love a dog because of my wife's years of service. Straight up. 
There ain't no other reason why that dog is at our house other than I love my wife. Let it be known from the drafters. There will be... Now, with this, ladies, there, there will be those who tell you to go a different way. Seriously. You may have... And you've got to watch who you hang out with because there will be those who tell you there's other ways you can believe. There's other things that you can do. There's different ways to handle this. They're taking away your independence and all these things. And you may find yourself feeling that you should go a different way. And to that, I want to share with you what Paul said to the Galatian church. Because, you know, the Galatian church is the only church where Paul didn't go, I love y'all, y'all doing great. He was like, y'all need to sit down and listen to me. This is what he said. If pleasing people were my goal, I would not be Christ's servant. So if you are submitting yourselves as to the Lord or, or as a way of serving God, if pleasing yourself and pleasing others around you that keep talking in your ear, you will not be able to fulfill your call as a servant of Jesus because you were to serve him first and primarily. No, I do want to note this. I, I really don't. I, I don't believe, if we're looking into all the scenarios, I don't believe that submission has to look exactly the same in every household. I, I really don't think that. But I also would say this, but our home should not determine our way around Scripture even if we think it works. For this is God's way of, of how it should go. We conform to the order of God. Man and woman were created equal with equal responsibility, but that responsibility is not the same. The conclusive responsibility of the wife, look there in chapter 5, verse 33. And ladies, we're about done, so but to really get to the guys here in just a second. The conclusive responsibility in chapter 5, verse 33 says this. So again, I say, each man must love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. Now, you tell me in there where it says respect is earned. It doesn't, does it? So again, I say, each man must love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. Respect is not earned. It is given. Disrespect is earned. As I heard one pastor say earlier this week, trust is given, distrust is earned. So, so sometimes we start out, it's the same with respect, sometimes we start out going, we'll see what he does and then. But this is, this is your side of the responsibility. Now, husbands, same, and we're just getting started with you. So, and, and I say that because I got into it today and I thought to myself as I'm reading, knowing that I am also myself a husband, I'm like, this is going to take a while. And, and we're going we're gonna to hit it quick right here, and then we're going to move on to, to next week and come back. So wives, make sure that your husbands are back next week, right? Husband, here's some, uh, some conclusive statements here. If, if we are the head of the wife, as the Bible says, then our responsibility may be listed second, but make no mistake, it is first. As he says, wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord. I don't want you to look at the rank in which they were mentioned. I want you to look at how much more is written on us. And our responsibility. There is, there is no church if there is no Jesus. Right? So, so think about that. The church's response of submission is because of the Savior's leadership of love. So let your wife's submission not be out of enduring responsibility to the Lord. Goodness, let her, let her submission be out of a desiring response to love you. Our, our responsibility to love is first. Secondly, husbands, as the head of his wife... Our responsibility is to love first, but so is our responsibility to submission. 
We also, if you remember what preceded this whole thing, was submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. So submission is a characteristic that is not just relative to the wife, but also and first to the husband. We have the lead responsibility to set a submissive attitude in our homes. To who? To submissive attitudes towards authorities in our life. The way you talk about the president will be repeated through your children. The way you talk about the police chief, the way that you talk about the mayor, the way that you talk about a pastor, the way that you talk about your boss, the way that you talk about your family members, your grandparents, your parents, it will be repeated through your children, if not by the grace of God through the Holy Spirit that changes them. You're just going to pass it on down. So husbands, for us, the submissive authority, the lowliness of mind, and even think about it with a football game. God throws an interception where you're like, take that guy out. Take him out. He doesn't know what he's doing. Like, does not know what we do. I don't do that. But no, I mean, I do that. And now I'm, I'm like, I'll see Davis and Davis will be like, get him out. I'm like, well. And I'm like, he's just copying me. So this, this attitude towards authority in our life, it, we set the example of high of mind or low of mind. Submissive towards not only authorities, but submissive towards one another in the church. Submissive towards, especially towards the Lord. Think with this with me. If Jesus is our Lord, dads, husbands, if Jesus is our Lord, and yet the things that he says for us to do, and how he says for us to talk, and what he says for us not to do, if we kind of treat those things as we'll see and hopefully we'll grow to that, then why should we expect our wives to be all submissive all of a sudden? Because she's just following the example of submission that we're setting in our home. If, if we leave parts out of submission in the Scripture, if there are hard parts in here in the Word of God that are hard for us to get to, so we just kind of push those over to the one corner and are like, hopefully one day we'll grow to those. Well, then don't be surprised if your wife is like, I'll get to that too. I'll get to those things. Because we're setting the attitude of submission. I read this today. Submission governs the operations of authority. If this is the case, our submission to authority and to the body of Christ is a good or bad example to our wife when she's challenged with submission in the home. Third, husbands, the head of his wife, the head of his wife refers to spiritual leadership. It refers to governing authority, but again, the context of love. So this is spiritual leadership. Read it carefully from the scripture. For a head, or for a husband is the head of his wife, as Christ is the head of the church. Jesus is our authority. Jesus is the authority to the church that says, this is the way, walk in it. Have you noticed in Ephesians when I've supported every point of what is right by going to what Jesus said? He sets the way, we walk in it. This is the headship. This is the spiritual leadership. This is not authority in the sense that you husbands are in control of your wife. And Lord have mercy. This is, the scripture is not saying that men should always be in a position of authority everywhere throughout the world. Guys, just because you've been given headship in your home does not mean you have authority over every woman you come across. Come on. Please know that. And I know some ladies in here and in my family, if you try that on them, they'll let you know real quick. <laughs> but that's not what this is talking about. The head of his wife refers to spiritual leadership in the home. J.D. Greer says, Spiritual leadership is not a license for men to do what they want to do. It is empowerment to do what they ought to do. That is really, really good. 
We are responsible for setting the spiritual temperature in our homes. We are responsible to know and love the word so that we may share it. Men, we are responsible to show our kids how to serve, worship, and witness as as Jesus loved his church and led his church. We are responsible to lead and love in the same way. Many men desire the cooperation and submission of their wives, but few are those who give their cooperation and submission to the Lord. Men, this is why we have to be discipled. Men, this is why we have to quit acting like we already know everything. And then one of our kids asks this question and says, go talk to your mama. You see, this, this is why you, you have to humble yourself and put yourself in a class like a foundations class or in a men's class and sit down the first night and go, I'm tired of pretending that I know everything I don't. Please teach me. Because we are responsible with, with this is the way walk in it of spiritual leadership. Some may have to ask their wives the answers to biblical questions. Do it. Do that. Who better than to, to know who you are and, and to see that, that you are progressing in your Christian walk than your wife? If your wife knows more Bible than you, then go and sit down with her and let her teach you. Listen, women don't need you to know more of the Bible than them. They, they don't need you to, to know more uh, of the scriptures than they do. As many women know, it's backwards and forward. They, they know it backwards and forwards on their own. But, listen to this part though. But, if God is calling you to lead and love, and there is a discussion between you about what to do, and it's a matter of biblical principle, and she knows and you don't, then what? Not saying that you have to be a theology professor or a Bible scholar. You need to be a Bible thumper. You need to be in it and working in it and growing and asking questions so that when it comes time to make biblical decisions, and this is what you'll find. When both the husband and the wife are in the Word, it'll take a lot off your decision making. You'll already know what to do. And guys, when you make the decision, it takes the pressure off your wife. And you are responsible. And and Tony Evans said something like this. He said, Spiritual leadership is when God takes a swing and the wife ducks and he hits the guy in the mouth. That's not the quote exactly, but he's coming after the guy. Does that make sense? I'll read that accurately next week. But it is the gist of it. That he's, he's coming after the man. He's looking to the man for, to be responsible for that decision and for you not to put it off on anybody else. So you have to know the Word of God. We have to study the Bible. Men, as we are, are setting the spiritual temperature, we must have a prayer life. We must have a prayer life so that we can teach our children how to pray. And, and so that we are actively taking those that we love to the Lord. Can I tell you that when something is on my wife's heart and mind, I don't want her to go to anybody else to ask her to pray. I want her to come to me and already know that I'm praying for her. She will come to me because she already knows that I'm praying for her. So we have to set that spiritual temperature in the room. I'll tell you this too, uh, just for the sake of transparency. I, I shared something with my wife lately about my own selfish pride. Seriously, I was like, I'm just telling you this because like, I, I see this in myself and I don't like it. And as I look back and think about what all we're studying in context, I think that's also helping to lead. If I will stop acting like everything's good and say this is what I'm struggling with and admitting that I'm not perfect and that I need your accountability, I, it's, it's likely that she would respond. And, and this is all while, and, and not everybody in here is, is married. So I, I think we should keep this in mind. This is also why we all must seek to marry someone who shares the same worldview. 
that shares the same worldview. Someone who is not able, listen to this, someone who is not a believer and follower of Jesus has no obligation to establish a God-fearing home. So you may love and have all the feels, but you better be careful before you put a ring on it. Because you may get to this place where then after you've gotten married and, and the other is, they support what you're saying, but they're not obligated to a new nature. They're not obligated to anything God-fearing because they don't know the Lord. And then, then it's, it's really a, a work that you've got to begin to pray for them. And God can fix anything, and it's happened before. Lastly, lastly, husbands, while the Bible says we are the head of the wives, the command in Scripture is not leadership, it's love. If you'll notice that, we, that the headship of, of the husband is a responsibility, but the command found in Scripture in verse 25, for husbands, this means love your wives just as Christ loved the church. And, and before we go any further, that whole section is what next week is about. So I'd, I'd hope and pray that, that you'll come back. But let me give you some homework before you leave. The homework bef- between now and Wednesday is to read this passage again, individually or together, and, and read others like it that are parallel passages. And consider ourselves and our responsibility before God and, and your spouse. Put it in front of you. Just saturate your mind with the word and see, just see if, if it don't help. Now, I would also say this to you out of caution. If one of you is doing this one and the other one's not, the first time, guys, that you go and, and you pick up your wife's plate, paper plate, if y'all using paper plates, and you go throw it in the trash and she's just going to fall all over you, well, she probably shouldn't because that means you've not done it in like five months. So just keep on with that and, and see about the response. And if y'all use real plates, then wash them off. We, we do both. That's weird why I'm even mentioning that. I don't know. As homework, this is the other part of the homework. As homework for those who are married, listen to this. For those who are married, why not say tonight to each other, I love you as my wife because you, and then fill in the blank with something relative to tonight. How does she serve? How is she subject to you? How is she submissive? Then tell her. Tell, tell her those things. I, this is my homework for, for myself, for me to tell Brittany. And then on the other side, I love you as my husband because you, and fill in the blank with the answers that are relative to tonight. Love and leadership. What do you see out of his love and leadership that you appreciate? Tell him that. We need to work it. You know, just as we, we talk in premarital counseling about you need to be able to communicate your disappointments to your spouse. It's the same on the other side. You need to be able to communicate how you love to your spouse. We used to be great at that, right? I, I know that's something I'm reminded of. I used to, be, used to be great at that. I heard, speaking of, and I, I did, I listened to a sermon of Tony Evans today. Tony Evans said, if we treated our wives now, or, or if the way we treated our wives when we been, began to date her is the way that we treated our wives now, she wouldn't have married us. Oh, that'll just preach, won't it? Something for us to all consider. I didn't mean to leave you on a low note, but man, that, that's good. It's difficult to express that homework, but at least give it a shot. Give it a shot, because if you can complete this sentence to one another, it will breathe life into your responsibility. It'll just give it a little more life. If you'll tell each other why you love each other tonight relative to what we talked about, it'll breathe some life and then to want to do it again. Amen? So thank you guys for being here. I would, I would say this. If, if any of you do need help from time to time, we have people here that would be willing to talk to you, to talk through it. Don't let it get worse. See the to it that it gets better. 
and, and work each and, and every part of, of the individual for the individual. But uh, I want to mention this to you, too. Um, some people have asked about these messages and, and uh, are, we, are we posting these online and those kinds of things. But the, these messages on Wednesday nights are available on podcast. Those are, that's, that's the little purple square application on your phone. You can get these by going to our uh, Lindsay Lane on our uh, Apple podcast. It's on there. They're also on the website at lindsaylane.org. Um, if you will Google Lindsay Lane Baptist Church podcast, it will, it will take you there. And uh, this will be on there very soon, in a matter of days, I, I guess. So, and you can find other sermons from there too, okay? All right, we're three minutes late, 733. Let me, uh, let me pray us out of here. Thank you guys for being here tonight. It's really good to see people and be around people. Amen? Let's pray. Lord, I thank you again tonight for, uh, for the order that you've put in our homes. Uh, and we, everybody here, Lord, on behalf of everybody here, we freely admit how much we need you to pull this off. And God, may we think about our service to one another as service to you. Lord, that we would be submissive and that we would be loving. And Lord, we would not see these things as a burden, but we would see this as you trying to help us to be in a marriage that thrives and not just survives. Uh, Lord, we thank you again for your grace when we fall short. Lord, I thank you for the grace of my wife when I fall short, Lord. And I thank you for how you have uh, kept us together and Lord, how you continue to work on us, that you never leave us nor forsake us. And we're grateful for your grace. Go with us now, we pray. As we go home, please keep us safe in the weather. And we thank you, God. And ask also, Lord, that you would keep us safe through this pandemic, God, that you would see us through to another side, Lord, as you are fighting this battle. And we trust you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you all very much. Y'all have a good evening.